It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is a sunny Tuesday morning. A little breezy out there and stuff, but, uh, you know, it is spring. Thank you so much for joining us. Scott Foster here with you. We're going to be talking about what's going to be happening in the next couple hours here on the Blowtorch. We've got Jason Jorgensen in here along with Bob Brogan and Susan Littlefield as we get caught up on all of the activities going on. Let's check in with Susan first of all. Well, thanks, God. Here's what's happening on the midday from the farm team. We're going to kick it all off at 1219. I spoke with Jessica Coulterman this morning. She's with Lincoln Premium Poultry. They uh, lost an employee due to COVID-19, but their numbers as a whole are way down compared to what we're seeing in other packing facilities. So she talks about what the work they're doing to keep those numbers that way. Then at 1245, Austin steps in. UNK football player has signed with the NFL. He'll give us an update. And Chabelle will wrap everything up at 117 as we talk about how pork producers in the panhandle are dealing with everything COVID. That's what's happening on the midday with the farm team on a Tuesday. All right. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate that. I'll turn it over to Jason Jorgensen, Cornusker State Games, having to make a few dis- decisions and change things. Yeah, virtual tour run across the state. So the torch run will be virtual. So this is what they want folks okay. to do. You sign up, just uh-huh. like you normally would, right. the mile you're going to run. Then during that mile, you take some video or a selfie, and then you put it to their Facebook page the day that you were supposed to be running in your particular county. And they are going to do this throughout the month of June. So it sounds like, to me, you don't necessarily have to run the whole mile. Well, you're supposed to. You're supposed to. That's the spirit of the games. I mean, you want want to cheat the Cornusker State games? I'm just saying, there's a loophole here that might make me feel better about running a mile, is all I'm saying. So, yeah, okay. It's kind of a different idea, trying to make the best of a bad situation. Also, we'll tell you about Carney's Heinrich Harburg. He continues to uh, reel in the uh, scholarship offers. Folks were wondering when he was going to get a scholarship offer from Nebraska. That finally came yesterday from head coach Scott Frost, also on the same day, he got a scholarship offer from Vanderbilt and North Carolina State. So that's a that's a kid who has some decisions to make. Well, and, you know, Frost, we've lost a couple quarterback uh, uh, possible signees and some guys that were there. It's a crowded room, some good players there, but he's, a, he's an athlete for sure. Three-star recruit, uh, rated as the 16th best dual-threat quarterback in the nation after he had a very good season last year with Carnic Catholic, so... We will see. That would that would be a good one for Scott Frost to get. Uh, in the past, if a Carney kid can play, he normally goes to university, uh, although the in-state recruiting has not been great this time around for Scott Frost and his bunch, so we shall see. All right, very good. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. Stocks uh, doing well today. Yes, they are. Things are looking up. Definitely. Uh, stocks rallying worldwide on uh, as more countries relaxed restrictions on businesses, raising hopes for a recovery. And boy, I'll tell you, for my money, I'd like to see that. The U.S. trade deficit rose in March because of the uh, coronavirus outbreak. Also, uh, some news about health insurer Humana is going to pick up the tab for millions of customers when they are ready to ease COVID-19 social distancing and return to the doctor's office so also the number of background checks for firearms in the month of april remained high despite the virus all right that's all coming up on midday
The 2020 Census is the topic of the next Rural Radio Forum. Join us Tuesday, May 19th from 3 to 4 Central, 2 to 3 Mountain on 880 KRVN. Guests include Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts, UNK Professor Dr. Peter Longo, a representative from the Center of Public Affairs and more. We'll learn about the importance of the census, the impacts on rural communities, notably on the agricultural sector, challenges faced by officials to ensure everyone is counted, and more. The 2020 Census on the next Rural Radio Forum. It is time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here, a little bit uh, at least sunny today, but still kind of chilly. Yes, those northwest winds uh, gusting on into the 20s right now across the area. So, yeah, not as nice as we would hope to see Mm -hmm. as you look outside, but... Well, after a week of really nice, <laughs> warm uh, temperatures, we're, we're going to kind of get a little bit back to normal here, aren't we? Exactly, and especially start trending towards the cooler side by the end of the week, and maybe multiple chances at seeing some frost here late in the week as we see temperatures cool into the 30s. But right now, I kind of looked at some of the future temperatures, mm-hmm. and maybe as cool as some low 30s in northern and western areas of Nebraska, but overall, nothing of a hard freeze expected okay. for Nebraska and Kansas. So, good news in that respect just for don't, us. Just don't put your window scrapers away just yet. <laughs> exactly. Maybe a little bit of a light frost on those okay. some frosty mornings there. But right now, we do have temperatures pretty much in the upper 50s to low 60s across the area. We do have some mid to upper 50s in the Nebraska Panhandle. Alliance this morning did get bound to a hard freeze of a temperature of 28 degrees. We also saw 32 in western Kansas towards the Colby area. For our temperatures today, rebounding to more seasonal levels. Also, plenty of sunshine today as that storm system moved through yesterday moves off towards the east. Uh, quite a bit of cloud cover still into much of Iowa right now. Northwest winds on the back side of that low and on the front side of high pressure. Uh, giving us those breezy conditions out of the northwest. A few showers or thunderstorms once again possible this afternoon through tonight with some weak disturbances tracking to the south and east. The better chances in the central and eastern areas. With more high pressure pushing from the north, tomorrow looks to be slightly cooler than for today, but dry and sunny. Then some more scattered rain and thunderstorm chances are back for tomorrow night through Thursday night. Also, Saturday through Monday, as more disturbances drop southeast. Since these systems are coming out in the northwest, any rain totals are likely to be on the light side. Temperatures for Thursday through Friday and Mother's Day through Monday, averaging about 10 degrees cooler than normal. Saturday will be our one lone seasonal day with highs into the upper 60s to low 70s across the area. With that cooler air in place, overnight lows expected to drop into the 30s giving us the potential of some patchy frost. Right now, it looks like the best chance for some frost will be on Saturday morning. In our long-term forecast, temperatures for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the eastern two-thirds of the west will be cooler than normal for Sunday through May 18th. The brunt of the colder air off to our east during that time in central Nebraska. Average daytime highs are in the low 70s with average overnight lows in the mid to upper 40s. Near normal precipitation, the outlook for Nebraska and Kansas Sunday through the 18th. Soil temperatures four inches down at seven this morning for most of Nebraska into northwest in the northwest corner of Kansas in the mid to upper 40s. The Panhandle soil temperatures in the low 40s. 
Soil temperatures were in the low 50s along and southeast of the line from Omaha to Hastings and Hill City. The warmest soil temperatures in southern Kansas in the mid to upper 50s. Weather factors shaping the markets include forecasts for very cool weather with some frost in the central U.S. and consistent rain for the Black Sea region. Cool air will continue to expand east of the Rockies, especially in the wake of a late week storm that's tracking across the southern plains, mid-south, Ohio Valley, and northeast. Weekend freezes expected across Parts of the northern plains, the Great Lakes, and northeastern states, frosted freezes could possibly extend south through the Ohio Valley and into the Appalachians. That will be watched for frost on recently emerged crops and developing wheat. Western wheat areas in the southern plains remain dry with continued unfavorable conditions. Showers in central and eastern areas, though, have been favorable. Some rain is possible across the southern plains today and Thursday, but any rain of real consequence likely to be scattered. Russia and Ukraine will see moderate to heavy rain the next seven days. That rain may be very beneficial to their winter wheat. All right, very good. Well, around here we are certainly... We'll be seeing some emergence over the next couple of days, a lot of crops. Exactly. Some nice rains, a lot of rain totals, about quarter inch to about three quarters of an inch with that system that moved through yesterday. And lots of sunshine, and at least those soil temperatures are up there, so we can get some growing going. Oh, good for that. All right, very good. Like to hear that. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. This storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listing area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, waters over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880-KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. You do everything right. You try to prepare your employees on ways to protect themselves during COVID-19. But when you lose a teammate to the disease, it's still a gut punch. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Jessica Coulterman is Director of Corporate and External Affairs with Lincoln Premium Poultry. In a news release yesterday, they talked about an employee with underlying health conditions that passed away because of COVID-19. It was. I mean, we had talked to this individual um, just shortly before they passed or late last week. And it was just really, you know, surprising to find out um, that that the virus had taken them so quickly. Um, When we had spoke, this individual um, had indicated they were doing okay, And um, I think I think that this is indicative of this horrible virus. Um, And that's why people need to be so vigilant in in trying to prevent it, but also prevent the spread to other people um, that you care about and love. So what are some things that you guys are doing as you talk to employees since the, the loss of a, of a teammate and educating and moving forward? You know, obviously there is a great deal of sadness um, 
and and just our hearts are just so you know reaching out we want to reach out to that family and and support them and and the virus obviously makes it difficult to do that um so we've been talking to our employees about their their sadness and also you know their fear and just trying to reiterate all of these social distancing guidelines and things that they can do to protect themselves not only at work but at home um having that mask and wearing that mask, you know, when you're in the car with people or when you're with people who don't reside within your own residence, really trying to stay away from any kind of large gathering, um, really trying to, you know, do the hygiene thing, wash your hands multiple times, you know, every chance to get, use the hand sanitizer, um, just all of those things. And then also monitor yourself. So if you start to develop symptoms, you stay home. Um it's it's a lot of it's common sense, but a lot of it is is counterintuitive to the way we we are as human beings. We like to interact and we like to be around each other, and we have that need for um, companionship and for you know human touch and connection. And so, unfortunately, with this virus, that's just something we have to put aside for for the time being and and love each other and protect each other by staying away from each other. How are you guys communicating with the community and the county on the safety? You know, we have really tried to do a lot of um, outreach. One of the tenets of our um, company has always been to have transparency, and we have not been any different in COVID-19. We have done, you know, regular communications to the community, um, to the public, through the media, and about where we are. Here's what we have for the people who have been diagnosed. Here's who, you know, we have tests out. Here is who has come back negative. Um, and then even with um, the passing of our employee, I mean, that's that's not something you want to talk about, you know, but it, it is, you know, our commitment has been to be transparent and we remain committed to that. So we've tried to do a lot of communication. Um, we've tried to communicate with people across the spectrum. So, Everyone from the, you know, government officials um, to the business leaders and community leaders in town. I probably do several Zoom calls every week just trying to explain where we are, what we're doing, what we have going on, and allow, you know, community people to ask questions. My conversation with Jessica Colterman of Lincoln Premium Poultry. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks. Well, the Nebraska Sports Council has announced that the Cornhusker State Games Torch Run will be conducted virtually from June 1st to the 25th across all counties in Nebraska. This new format calls for runners to register, run a minimum of one mile in a safe location in their home county, then post a selfie or a photo or a video from their mile on the Cornhusker State Games Torch Run Facebook page on the day which was assigned to their county. Well, the scholarship offers just continue to roll in for Kearney Catholic's Heinrich Harburg. Yesterday, picked up an offer from Nebraska head coach Scott Frost. The six foot five, one hundred and ninety pound prospect runs a four six forty yard dash and has a thirty six inch vertical jump. Last year, he passed for nineteen hundred yards and twenty three touchdowns for the Stars, and also rushed for another four hundred and fifty yards. Now, his recruitment has been on a steady climb in recent months. Yesterday, he also picked up offers from Vanderbilt and North Carolina State. Harburg is a three-star prospect, according to 24-7 Sports, and is ranked as the 16th best dual-threat quarterback in the nation. Former Nebraska recruiting target and three-star running back from the 2019 class is set to join the Huskers this year as a walk-on. 
John Bivens kept a relatively low profile during his initial courtship with NU two years ago and did so again this time, simply posting on his Twitter page that he's a member of the Big Red. A knee injury late in Bivens' junior season cost him his entire senior year in 2018. The six foot one, 205 pounder is a uh, native of Dayton, Ohio. Well, the NFL is moving its five games scheduled for London and Mexico City this season back to U.S. stadiums because of the pandemic. All five regular season games will now be played at the home sites of those teams, and the NFL will release its regular season schedule on Thursday night. And the new baseball season has begun in South Korea with the crack of the bat and the sound of the ball smacking into the catcher's mitt echoing around empty stadiums. Umpires wore protective masks and cheerleaders danced beneath rows of unoccupied seats as professional baseball got back on the field after a week-long delay because of the pandemic. There were many faces in the stands in at least one stadium, but they were pictures instead of real people because at this point fans aren't allowed into those venues. That's sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Panic buying has subsided since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, but Dr. Greg Benson, a professor of supply chain management at the University of Nebraska at Kearney, adds that clearing the shelves at your local grocery store will hurt everyone in the future. A supply chain, the way that it works is the producers project or estimate or forecast what needs to be produced based on historical consumption patterns. And so when there's a, a big shock or a big spike in demand that often is the result of panic buying, it creates a real problem with outages. Benson adds that panic buying in the future would hurt consumers in the long term as supply chain groups try to meet the demand needed while also distributing enough products to satisfy all consumers in an area. Two Nebraska meat processing plants have announced temporary closures in the wake of a surge in coronavirus cases among meatpacking plant workers. Tyson Foods Pork Plant in Madison and a Cargill Beef Plant in Schuyler announced Monday that they would temporarily shut down production to deep clean the plants. Tyson said it will await the results of workers who had been tested for COVID-19 last weekend before deciding when it will reopen. The plant closures will affect more than 3,000 workers and will likely slow the ability of producers to get hogs and cattle to slaughter. Two Rivers Public Health Department will offer COVID-19 drive through testing at the Phelps County Recycling Center on Wednesday at 10 a.m. The testing will be done in coordination with the National Guard, Nebraska Public Health Lab, and the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services. 150 tests will be available. Two Rivers Public Health Department Health Director Jeremy Eshelman says registration will take place at the event. It's a drive through facility, so you, you never have to leave your vehicle. And it's, it's more to increase the efficiency of the process, but also the safety, too, uh, of individuals. So when you, what you should expect when you're driving in, there'll be law enforcement there to check people in. Uh, there'll be individuals with the National Guard. They'll be collecting your information. They'll be asking for things like date of birth, first name, last name, address phone number, and, and if you don't have a phone number, um, a, a number of a friend that can get a hold of you really easily, that's really important for us in the public health perspective that we can get results to you pretty quickly. Eshelman says 600 tests were provided to Dawson County residents on May 1st and 2nd. With the addition of 300 tests on May 3rd and 4th, the total number of tests offered in Buffalo and Dawson counties is 900. A 17-year-old boy who escaped from a Kearney Juvenile Center was recaptured, but three other escapees remain at large. 
The Nebraska State Patrol says one juvenile was arrested early Monday after a pursuit near Grand Island. For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Austin Jacobson of the Rural Radio Network, joined today by the newest member of the National Football League's Atlanta Falcons, former University of Nebraska at Kearney Loper and defensive lineman Hinwa Aliu. Hinwa, tell us about this experience going through the NFL draft process and finally signing with Atlanta. You know, it's a, it was a crazy process. It was, it was definitely a lot of work, but, I mean, got it done. I was on the edge of my seat, you know, just trying to go through the whole thing, just waiting, you know, just trying to see where I was going to go. But me and my agent kind of figured everything out. We, we chose the Falcons, you know, great team, great organization. And I think we made the right decision. I think that was, like, the best fit for me, honestly. What was your expectation going into this draft weekend? Did you hear from some teams before the end of the draft? I mean, every every player hopes they get drafted, you know. Like, you talk to teams throughout. I was talking to teams throughout the process, and they all show interest and talk about how they're going to move forward. Some teams, they, they were, like, straightforward and said, hey, like, we, we're looking to get you on an undrafted thing. But then, I mean, other teams were kind of like, hey, like, we're looking, we have plans. We have you in our plans for the draft. So, I mean, I was hoping I would get drafted, but I wasn't, you know, my mindset was, you know, I just need a foot in the door no matter how. It doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. So once I get there, I'm just, I'm just ready to work and prove myself, you know. That's all, that's all that really matters. Hinwa, take us through your preparation for the NFL draft process from the end of the Mineral Water Bowl until now. Were you still able to regularly work out and perform and miss the nationwide shutdown due to COVID-19? Yeah, no, it's been crazy, definitely. From uh, After the bowl game, I kind of I went, I got invited to, uh, to play at the Dream Bowl, so I went there. And then after that, I kind of went to uh, Colorado to train for a month after that. But before that, I was kind of, you know, reaching out to agents and stuff, trying to figure all that out because I was doing that by myself. Uh, with the coaches, staff at UNK and myself, we kind of sent out a bunch of emails just to try to get the right agent and figure all that out. So, But after that, after the training, I, I, I was lucky enough uh, to get into the Nebraska Pro Day, which was the last Pro Day uh, the NFL scouts said they were going to go to actually in this that's why, like, I just feel like this whole thing is a blessing. It's meant to be because just being like being part of like the last, you know, NFL pro day that the South was gonna go to, being able to make that. But then after that, I kind of, I just, I came over to Maryland and I've just been training here, waiting to, waiting to hear back from teams. So, I mean, I kind of just talked to the coaches, different coaching staffs from different teams. Just kind of went with the best fit, honestly. Austin Jacobson of the Rural Radio Network today speaking with former UNK defensive lineman and newest member of the Atlanta Falcons, Hinwa Aliu. Hinwa, were you frustrated by not getting drafted or were you happy to be able to pick your future employer? I mean, at this point, I'm just, I'll just say, you know, it doesn't matter who, uh, you know, who's looking to get me, you know, they didn't, they didn't take the chance and the Falcons did. And I'll say I'm going to, I'm going to give them my all and that's where my focus is right now going forward but it's it's definitely a hectic process i was definitely you know i still 
I was very stoked about the whole thing. You know, I'm still excited right now, even though like the contract is here, but it's still it's still it's still unreal. You know, it's just a dream come true for me, and I definitely appreciate the the Atlanta Falcons organization for giving me a chance to prove myself. And what's the next step during all this? Do you prepare for off-season training? Have they sent you at-home workouts to do? Among this COVID-19, I'm sure everything's a little bit out of whack. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything is kind of moving a little slower because of the whole COVID-19 thing. So we're still trying to get all the paperwork and uh, try to figure everything out. You know, it just happened. We're, we're still trying to go through the whole thing. I mean, I have a meeting with the coach today and all that all that stuff and it's it's definitely you know it's it's coming through but it's going to take a little bit of time to get everything situated and try to find out what's going to happen next when you first arrived at unk did you dream that you would become an nfl player at the time you graduated ultimately i feel like every football player that's the ultimate goal that's the dream but me my focus was just taking it one day at a time one step at a time just you know focus on the day focus on helping the team win games and just try to be a good leader to my teammates. And that's really what I focused on and paid out. So obviously, I mean, you, you keep that at the back of your mind, but that wasn't really my primary focus. My focus was just to help uh, the UNK team win games, and that was it. And how did the UNK coaching staff help develop you during your time in Kearney to make you now an Atlanta Falcon? Uh, definitely, you know, great coaching staff for UNK. I love all those guys there amazing you know they they taught me a lot you know i learned some other stuff from the outside and it definitely came together how it's supposed to and you know amazing coaching staff definitely we recommend uh kids to go to unk and try to build a good program and help them win games too Hinwa, for those future lopers that want to follow in your footsteps and chase the nfl dream what are your words of wisdom to them stay patient just Thank God for the opportunity, whatever opportunity you have, and just be, just be grateful, stay focused, and don't don't really settle for anything. You know, there's more work to be done at every point, at every point you get to. So that's definitely what I'll say. No sense of entitlement. Just earn everything you get. Today we heard from the newest member of the National Football League's Atlanta Falcons, former UNK defensive lineman Hinwa Aliyu, on his journey from Kearney, Nebraska, to the NFL. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. The Nebraska Cattlemen wrapping up their four-part series of the Black Swan event. It'll take place this Thursday, May 7th at 7 o'clock Central Time. It'll discuss meat industry merchandisers. What leverage do they have? To register for the webinar, please go to NebraskaCattlemen.org. Don't worry, if you can't sit down to watch the webinar, you can tune in live starting at 7 o'clock, May 7th, listening to it live right here on KRVN. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are rallying worldwide as more countries relaxed restrictions on businesses, raising hopes for a recovery from the historic plunge sweeping the global economy. The stock market's gains were widespread, and smaller stocks were doing better than the rest of the market. That's a sign of rising expectations for coming economic growth, so is a climb in longer-term Treasury yields. 
The U.S. service sector plunged into contraction territory for the first time in a decade in April as the shutdowns and layoffs that occurred last month because of the coronavirus took a toll. The Institute for Supply Management saying today its service sector index fell to a reading of 41.8 in April compared to a March reading of 52.5. The U.S. trade deficit rose in March as the coronavirus outbreak battered America's trade with the world. The gap between what the United States sells and what it buys abroad rose 11.6% in March to $44.4 billion from $39.8 billion in February. U.S. exports fell 9.6% to $187.7 billion and imports fell 6.2% to $232.2 billion. The health insurer Humana will pick up the tab for millions of customers when they are ready to ease COVID-19 social distancing and return to the doctor's office. The insurer saying today it's waiving deductibles and other out-of-pocket costs for all Medicare Advantage customers who visit their primary care doctor or see a behavioral health specialist. The waiver will run through the rest of the year and applies to care inside the health insurer's network of doctors and therapists. Major U.S. automakers are planning to reopen North American factories within two weeks, potentially putting thousands of workers back on the assembly line as part of a gradual return to normality. Fiat Chrysler CEO Mike Manley saying today his company plans to start reopening factories on May 18th. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. While the panhandle of Nebraska doesn't have a meatpacking or large hog farms like central or eastern Nebraska, Panhandle Pig is a smaller-scale hog farm that is located in Scottsbluff County. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Mario Zavala, an owner-partner at Panhandle Pig, says COVID-19 is hitting them hard with their usual shipment of hogs. So Smithfield, because of the plant in Crete, is where we're sending to. They were going to shut down, but they kept it open, fortunately, but they are at a reduced production rate, and so, therefore, they're uh, making cancellations. Since we're not a big producer, they find it that maybe they just cancel our shipments to them entirely. Um, since we only send one, sometimes two a week, you know, with their big producers, they can reduce it to, I don't know, 40% of what they normally do, but it's hard to get 40% of one load. Yeah, they cancel the load entirely for us. Hog farms in the U.S. are streamlined to bring the pigs from birth to maturity with little disruption. Zavala explains more on their operation. We start from the very beginning. We do um, we inseminate the sows. Uh, every week we have pigs that are new litters being born. Those litters, as they're born, they get bigger, then they get weaned at 21 days. Then they go to the nursery, which we have up in Sioux County. From there... Um, they're there for a certain period of time until they're about 50 pounds. Then they're moved over to the finisher sites. And if we can't, you know, sell those finishers, then where do they go? COVID-19 is causing this problem of space as many large-scale hog farms are running out of it. As meatpacking facilities are scaling back or shutting down, Zavala says they are facing the same situation. They're getting bigger. That's the difficulty, you know. It's a continuous flow. And so we have pigs that are also getting bigger, that are smaller. And so then it's like, what do you do with them? We're trying to slow their growth pretty much. We're okay with keeping the rooms warmer and they don't eat as much. That's one way to slow their growth. What I've been looking for is for someone to purchase the younger pigs. And we've we found possibly an entity that can buy some, but it, we're pretty much just giving them away. 
Last week, President Trump signed an executive order to keep meat plants in operation throughout the pandemic and directing meat companies to comply with CDC guidance on minimizing the risk of exposure of workers to the virus. Zavala says there is a lot of uncertainty as no one knows when they will be able to get a handle on COVID-19. A vaccine or some other solution to ensure meatpackers' health is safeguarded would need to be in place in order to get the meatpacking houses running at full force. Only because it seems like their employees are getting sick so much quicker if they do if they are going to work. Even though Crete is up and running, the difficulty that they're running into is that a lot of their employees aren't coming to work, either because they're afraid of getting sick or they are sick, one of the two. So, Like most businesses, Panhandle Pig is also having to adjust its workforce. Well, what we're doing is I've, I've had to reduce hours. Um, I've had to inform everybody, you know, we're, we're going to have to everyone tighten our belts. Um, the last thing we want to do is let people go. And so everyone, I think, is uh, understanding of that and, and um, have been okay with um, having reduced hours overall. You know, so it's not like, you know, we don't have people losing their jobs. That's the main thing. Panhandle Pig is also a multiplier, producing gilts for other producers in Minnesota, which has slowed down as well. Zavala says they are selling pigs to the public, and for more information, to contact him at 303-686-9484. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Patton on the World Radio Network. Typically at this time, joined with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. They published the daily newsletter this week in Grain. Unfortunately, John unavailable here this afternoon as he's moving between a, an apartment to an actual new home near Chicago. So congratulations to John on that. As we take a look here, though, across the closing grain complex, Kansas City Wheat's going to be the only grain to close solely in the red. We see at least some light buying in the front months of corn and soybeans. All Chicago wheat contracts end higher. Maybe some spread action between it and the Kansas City wheat contracts. Now, yesterday afternoon, we got out the latest in the crop progress numbers. That was closely watched by a lot of traders. They wanted to see, A, where planting was, and B, where the wheat quality was definitely there. Now, we saw corn jump up big, 27 or 24% week-to-week to 51% planted. You've seen states like Iowa come in well over uh, almost 70% of their corn crop in the ground. Nebraska's at 61%. Kansas, one of the few states that was actually a little bit back of that. Soybean, a very similar situation, 23% of the national crop is in the ground. But then you flip to the switch side there, so that's coming up. But now as you're starting to look here towards the end of this week in Nebraska, could see some frost-like conditions coming across parts of the state. So what is going to happen to emergence? What's going to happen at the early stages of development of this crop? And is it something you can grow out of later on in the summer? But a wet and cool May could kind of create a much different contrast from what was going on when this crop started going in the ground, a little bit warmer and a little bit drier. As well, you look at the global picture here and so far, we focused on demand, loss of ethanol demand, loss of feed resi- residual use eth- and demand in the U.S. with the, the supply chain on the meat side being uncertain. But then you look at South America, hot and dry in Argentina as their corn crop starts to go into pollination in different states. But we also see on the flip side, currencies not helping them there. And COVID-19, the pandemic, also starting to emerge. We're seeing higher numbers in Brazil and Argentina come out there. So what's going to happen with their supplies? What's going to happen with their logistics and supply chains as well? Mexico and soybeans.
soybean both came, or Mexico and China both came in this morning. Mexico buying corn, China buying soybeans. So obviously, U.S. still very competitive in the global market. So there could be some demand stories that maybe aren't the best, but maybe we should focus on the supply side. And if Chicago could get that same thought as well, maybe we could turn these markets and see a little bit of a short-term rally here over the next couple weeks. Although I do want to note the May corn held some nice levels of support here. It's low at 310.5 today. That'll go back to its mid-April where it held 309 and 309 and a quarter. If it can continue to hold those lows, that'll create a double bottom on the charts, which then could give us a little bit more of a technical upside too as well if we could get the fundamentals to cooperate along with us. That is a brief recap of the day's grain trade. Again, mostly higher in the Chicago wheat, some higher in the corn and soybeans, all lower, just slightly lower, one and a half to three cents lower across many of the Kansas City wheat contracts as well. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Thank you very much, Clay. That will do it, though, for a midday program here on KRVN. And to hear today's midday program, if you miss anything or want to revisit any of our conversations, listen to our midday podcast at krvn.com or subscribe on Spotify or iTunes. Our midday Spotify midday podcast is sponsored by Devenny Motor. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Devenny Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.